Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. The text for this Good Friday address are some verses in the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 47 to 52, which were alluded to in the Passion account we've heard today, sometimes known as the prophecy of Caiaphas. I'll read them to you now. So the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the council and said, What are we to do? This man is performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and destroy both our holy place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. You do not understand that it is better for you to have one man die for the people than to have the whole nation destroyed. He did not say this on his own, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was about to die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but to gather into one the dispersed children of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, by your Spirit you moved Caiaphas to speak the truth of Christ's death for us. By your Spirit now, open our ears to hear your word and lead us to repentance, faith, and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever said and meant one thing, but it's been interpreted quite differently by another person? It can be a frustrating experience. Or have you ever said one thing and found out later that for another person, your words spoke to them in a deeper and more profound way than you intended. That can be quite a humbling experience. Language and communication is a complex, mysterious, and layered business, even more so when the Spirit of God is involved. This text I just read gives us an intriguing example of something in this realm, where this man named Caiaphas speaks and intends one thing, but unknowingly communicates the truth about Christ's suffering and death in a more profound way than he knew. And in fact, the contrast is even greater than that. Because where the words of Caiaphas are born from evil and wickedness and put on display the depths to which the sinful human heart can fall, God, through these same words, reveals His love and mercy, His glorious salvation that is accomplished in the suffering and death of Jesus Christ. So what exactly did Caiaphas say and mean? And more importantly, what did God mean through him? The situation in these verses that I read is that the chief priests and the Pharisees, they called a meeting of the council to work out what to do with this Jesus. They were worried, they say, that if people keep believing in him, It would cause the Romans to come and destroy their temple, to destroy the whole nation. 
The concern seems to be that their relationship with the Roman occupiers is on a bit of a knife's edge. They live with some degree of autonomy as long as they don't rock the boat too much. But if the people keep getting stirred up by this Jesus, if they're claiming he's the king of Israel, Rome's patience will run out. They'll bring their full force to bear. And so Caiaphas tells the council what he thinks in no uncertain terms. He says, you know nothing at all. You do not understand that it is better for you to have one man die for the people than to have the whole nation destroyed. Do you hear what he is saying? He's not claiming that Jesus was guilty of anything in particular, not here. He's simply making a cool, calculated, logical argument for murder. He's saying, if just this one man's death prevents a whole nation from being killed, surely that's the way it's got to be. He's saying, grow up. Make the tough decision here. The ends justifies the means. This is a necessary lesser of two evils, perhaps, in the mind of Caiaphas. Now, we are rightly shocked by this sort of thing. But we should never pass by these accounts in Scripture assuming they only ever apply to some other class of really bad people. We are presented with these depictions of fallen humanity in part to remind us of the dark places to which our sinful human flesh will take us if left unchecked by the grace and Spirit of God. Because you too are tempted at times. And you too give in to temptation at times to engage in things you never thought you'd get involved in. To go places you never thought you'd go. Sometimes out of fear. Or to justify some other goal in your mind. Or simply to get what you want. Caiaphas puts it out there bluntly and explicitly. But there are spiritual dynamics like this in each of our hearts. But then it gets even more interesting. Because John, the writer of this gospel, goes on to say that Caiaphas did not say this on his own. Being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was about to die for the nation. Just catch the force of what this is saying. That Caiaphas, this man who is proposing an evil and cold-blooded murder, was actually prophesying. Moved by God to say this because there was a deeper meaning to his words. He said one thing, but through it God meant another. We see here in action threads of teaching that run through the scriptures. That God works through human agency and that God even brings good from evil. Remember Joseph and his brothers in Genesis. 
you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. That's what's happening in and through the words of Caiaphas. And notice this carefully. Remember this, when you face all sorts of suffering in this life, that it's not as if God is surprised by the terrible things that happen in this world and somehow, after the fact, finds a way to turn it around. It's more mysterious than that. It's more intertwined than that. It's the very same actions. Hear the very same word that human beings intend for evil, from which God is working for good. So that's what Caiaphas meant. But what does God mean through him? When he moved him to say it was better to have this one man, Jesus, die for the people, what's the deeper significance of these words? Caiaphas had in mind that Jesus' death was just a convenient solution. But in truth, this was according to the plan of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Caiaphas had in mind that this would protect them in a temporary way. But in truth, this is God's means of saving for eternity. Caiaphas saw this threat as a worldly, political one. But in truth, Jesus' death is how God will deal with the threat of sin, of death and of the power of the devil. Caiaphas saw Jesus as an unwilling victim. But in truth, Jesus, the Son of God, out of his great love, lays down his life willingly. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. Caiaphas saw Jesus dying just for the nation, but John tells us, no, Jesus died for all people, which means Jesus died for you. It's not just in the moment of his death, though, that he stands in your place. It's his whole passion. It's all for you. Jesus was betrayed by one of his closest companions, betrayed for you, so that you have friendship with God. Jesus was arrested by armed guards under the cover of darkness, arrested for you, so that you are free from the shackles of your sins. Jesus was denied three times by one who vowed never to desert him, denied for you, so that in him you are accepted, even honored by God. Jesus was put on trial before the religious and civil authorities, put on trial for you, so that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus was struck flogged, stripped, ridiculed, mocked, all for you, so that his, your shame is absorbed into his, and you are covered in his righteousness. 
Jesus carried his cross along the way of sorrows, carried his cross for you. So that as you take up your cross, his yoke is now easy and his burden light. Jesus was nailed to the cross. He underwent the horror of crucifixion, crucified for you, so that the pain and suffering you endure in this life is redeemed in him. Jesus thirsted and took sour wine. He thirsted for you, so that in him you can drink from the spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Jesus' side was pierced with water and blood flowing out, pierced for you so that you can be cleansed by the waters of baptism and made holy through his body and blood, which is given and shed for you. Jesus was taken down from the cross and he was buried in the tomb. He was buried for you so that your grave is no longer a place of darkness and death, but that from which your Lord will call you from death to life. Jesus died for you, so that you may live with him. That's what God meant through the words of Caiaphas. And while all of this so wonderfully applies to each and every one of us as an individual, don't miss the very last aspect John explains, which is that it's also the creation of a new community. Jesus died not for the nation only, but to gather into one the dispersed children of God. There is a long tradition in the Christian church of looking to the cross and seeing in the outstretched arms of Christ his gathering together. Gathering with one arm the Jew and with the other arm the Gentile. Gathering with one arm those from the west, one arm those from the east. As he is lifted up on the cross, he is drawing all people to himself even this very day, even this very hour. He is calling you. He is beckoning you. He is drawing you by His Spirit to repent and believe, to dare to embrace this life-changing truth that Jesus Christ died for you. Sometimes words say one thing, but they mean another. Caiaphas said it's better to have one man die for the people but he did not say this on his own. His words expressed the sin and evil of fallen humanity, whereas God, through those words, speaks of his love and his mercy, his forgiveness, his salvation, and his life. It's all for you. God grant it to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.